Welcome to the Big Yellow School Bus, Murray County Public Schools talk radio show on WKOM, WKRM, FM. With me today, I have two superstars from the Murray County Public School Central Office. I have with us Eric Perriman. Eric is the Assistant Director of Schools over our Operations Department. And I have Jonathan Barry. He is the Safe Schools Coordinator. Hey, Jack. How are you? I'm doing great, man. You? Good. Thank you for having us. You oh, man. I'm, I'm so happy to have you guys here today. And I'm, I say superstars because I just watched a really great edition of America's Got Talent last night. It was a 15-year special, and they had some real superstars on there. It reminded me of what I'd work with at school. There you go. I, would, um, I think we would. Uh, stars, uh, loosely, we were talking about Eric and I. But. Yeah. <laughs> we would be more like the mass Singer, I think. Not, not a That one's American pretty good, Idol. too. I enjoy that one. Well, let's get right into the show here. We got about 50 minutes to cover a few things, and I'm sure you guys got a lot of things to share with our audience today. I'm going to start out with you, Eric, okay. and let you tell us um, a little bit about what is the operations department for Murray County Public Schools, and what do you guys do? What do you consist of? Operations department covers everything that is not learning within the Murray County school system. We are kind of the, the folks behind the scenes that make the, the, the mechanism go. Uh, our side consists of food services, technology, our maintenance department, our construction department, our safety department, and then also transportation. So th- that makes up the kind of the behind-the-scenes folks. And uh, we do the day-to-day operations, open the buildings, run the buildings, close the buildings, and make sure everybody's got what they need to get in and out every day. I can only imagine that right now, with school starting just, what is it, four days from now, mm-hmm. You guys must be busy people. We are busy. We are busy. This is always a busy time of year. This year, obviously, because of uh, the circumstances we've been dealing with the last few months, we're we're even busier than normal. Uh, we Jonathan has some things he'll probably talk to you today about that's really running us a little bit ragged right now. But we're we're excited to be open. Uh, we've been tired of working on empty buildings. You know, it's kind of abnormal to walk around a school building and see no one there. And for it to be dark all the oh, time. I can so, agree with that. I've been in the schools doing giving out some resiliency awards. Yeah. Uh, we'll feature that later in the year coming up. But uh, it's strange to walk into a school and not see any students. It, it is. It is. And and the teachers have been back this week, so that's started a little bit of life. We've had athletes back in the building on and off for about the last month and a half, but the last couple of weeks really kind of kicking up. So we're excited. Uh, we've got some buildings looking good. We just left Kalioka. It looks really nice down there. Uh, and we're working hard to make sure that when everybody comes in Monday morning that they walk into uh, an environment, in some cases, that's going to look very different than the one they left. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got some schools like Withorn and Woodard that have undergone some pretty serious transformations over the summer. Um, but then most of them are just, they're ready for them. They're clean. They're nice looking. They, they're ready to go. When you say transformations, like say the Withorn, let's take Withorn for example. I was over there and seen mm-hmm. some of the stuff. Tell our audience what are those major transformations when a parent walks in from that was there last year, what they might see that's different. Well, the biggest thing at Withorn is, um, and, and for folks here in Columbia who've spent time in that building, and most folks in Columbia have spent some time in that building, um, the floors in that building were orange and green, just an old tile from the 70s. It just looked very outdated. So we went in very rough. There were some bad spots in them. We've gone back in, and in the hallways, we've completely refloored the entire building it's a dark gray tile it's a not a tile it's a it's a product that's similar to tile uh it's just made the building look very different over the course of as you travel through it it's a softer t- uh, surface it, it made the building quieter so when the kids mm-hmm. are in there it's going to be a big difference on how loud it is and then we went into some places like the gym at Withorn, 
if you've ever been in there and seen the old soundboards, uh, soundboards that had the green carpet on them, look pretty rough, you know. So get rid of them. Well, we've we've updated them. Okay, and we've good. got them. We've got them up to date. So we've got some buildings that have seen things like that. Uh, Joseph Brown Elementary was completely painted over the summer on the inside. So so some things are going to look very different, but most buildings are just going to look clean, neat, and and ready to go. Now, you've had some major projects throughout the summer since school, since the kids left us mm-hmm. in March. And you want to share what some of those major projects well, the might big, have been? The biggest project we've worked on over the course of the uh, the summer since we went out for the COVID uh, break on, on March 13th is probably not the most radio-friendly or exciting. Is the <laughs> We've completely reworked the uh, septic systems at, uh, at Santa Fe and at Hampshire. Uh, so that's I don't know how ex- you gotta have. Yeah, I don't know how exciting that is for the radio, but but that's been a, a major project that we've worked on over the summer, and uh, we we've really done a lot of cleaning. the The time off allowed us to go into some buildings and declutter and take some items out, and that's been the projects that we've really focused on the most. But yeah, that that biggest project we've had is probably not the, nah, the most exciting. Doesn't sound one. like yeah, a lot of so. fun. Now. We you basically touched on you know, the current situation. Um, let's just jump right into COVID considerations and processes that may be in place that are different from last year. So if you were a teacher or a parent or a student from last year and you're going into school this year, um, this coming Monday, what are some of the things you are going to notice about the processes and the considerations that are going to be different? Well, first thing is just getting into the building, um, whether you enter coming from the school bus whether you come from a car line or you're a driver in some cases high school kids maybe um, you're going to go through a temp check when you come into the building um, there will be some processes where at most buildings you may not be able to enter into as many doors as you did in the past there may be designated doors that you have to go to um, we're going to give a after that first day we're going to give families direction on how to do a self-screen before they come in and i think jackie you already have that on the website yes how they can self-screen before they get there to kind of mitigate uh the time lapse that it would take for us to get in because take a school like columbia central you know you're running 1400 kids by the time you take temperatures on everyone and the adults that are coming into the building that that's a process and Mm -hmm. so there's a process to get in most buildings have uh change the flow i I know at central and and we were just there a little while ago uh, they have cones they have markers you have to travel certain ways there are places in the building that students may not be able to access that they could access before so you're going to see that kind of thing as we move along and uh you know as we as we go through the the buildings one by one each building has kind of done that kind of thing where they're looking at different types of things i think the kids are going to find that they're asked to wash their hands more often than they would have been on a normal day or at a normal school day there'll be hand sanitizers and different things that they'll encounter and you know it'll really be an emphasis by the teachers so i think getting into and of course that you've been in the meetings i've been in and there are tons Mm -hmm. of considerations we've talked through absolutely but i think the main thing on our end from operations is making sure we can get you there we can get you in the building and that when you get into the building that the the folks in the building have what they need to be safe that's great um future projects and plans coming up i mean even though school starts operations is still a busy team with all kinds of things going on yeah and right now the biggest project we're working on is we've purchased a a very large number of computers through our tech department that are both for teachers we have updated computers going to most of our staff Uh, and then we have new devices that will be student devices and as we get into this school year with remote learning 
we have to get those devices handed out. We have to get them home. We have to make sure folks can utilize them from home and they're set up. So tech department's working really hard on that. Probably the biggest challenge we have starting right now with the, as you say, future projects, and this really becomes a project, is um, food services. Mm -hmm. uh, with remote learning, we are still, still going to provide meals. Yeah, we're still obligated yeah. to provide meals to those students who are enrolled and who are, you know, if they want one, how we do that. So we're working through that process right now of where you can get them, how you can get them. Do you get one day's worth of meals? Do you pick up more than one day at a time? Kind of going through that. So those right. are some initial kind of things. But long term, you know, as we get into the school year and as things hopefully settle down and we turn back to the work at hand, we have a lot of roofing work. We have a lot of H. Again, you know, what I deal with is not the most radio exciting <laughs> stuff that you do. Uh, but we have some things like that. We'll start painting and we'll start working on things. We have some fencing projects. And, and we're trying to now really go into the schools and, and do two things. One, one, the work that we focus on is always the bones of the building, mm -hmm. making sure that the functions of the building work, making sure the building is safe and, and is working right. And then the second thing is just the aesthetics and try to make them pretty and make them look nicer. And so we've got some projects lined up like that. And as we move forward, it'll always depend, you know, on the school board mm -hmm. and the commission uh, giving us the, the resources to complete these things. We have a, we have a new list that, that we talked about at a school board meeting last month. You know, we, we've got about $28 million worth of work that we know we need to do on our current buildings, mm -hmm. not, not building new buildings or anything like that, but our current buildings. So that's our, our, that's our push right now. And then you know the conversation is always where do we go from here? Absolutely. Where, where's the next time or the next place we may have to look to, uh, to build a new building? Is there a building we may have to expand? those types of things so we're doing that and we're we're kind of fighting through and hopefully getting started on a a good note but the main thing right now you know is getting into the buildings monday mm -hmm. having a good day monday and then turning around and being able to come back tuesday I and think, have a good safe day i think we're going to have a great day monday i've I talked too. to a lot of people that are excited about coming back to school parents mm -hmm. are excited about their kids getting back into school i mean it's been since march since most people yes. have been in the schools and frankly they're missing it yeah um, you know, there are people that are cautious and not going to send to school and utilize remote learning. That's understandable, too. Yeah. you got to do what's best for you. And I think that's the thing. We just want to make sure that when you get back, uh, if you choose to come back into our buildings, that they're ready for you and that we're providing you all the safeguards that we can provide you. Um, like I said, Jonathan will talk more about some of those. But uh, I think the same thing. Our teachers are saying they're, they're ready. They're excited for the kids to be back. So, Okay. All right. All right, man. I appreciate that. You know, operations is a very, very busy department. I watch Eric around the central office, and the man is always on the move and always got something going. Thank you, Eric, for all you do for Murray County Public Schools and the students in this district. We couldn't do this without our operations department and the teams that um, Eric oversees. Well, Jack, thank you for having me. And uh, if there's anything the operations folks can do for you, let us know, okay? Oh, absolutely. Uh, if you need anything from operations, there it can be reached on our website, Murray County Public Schools, M-A-U-R-Y-K-12.org. Um, he's always got an open line to anybody that needs some help. Just you got to go through the front desk. That's it. Um, I think we'll go ahead and head to a break right now. When we come back, we'll get with Jonathan Barry, and he's going to fill us in on some of the safety part of what's going on at the Murray County Public School District. So you're on WKOM-FM, WKOM-FM. KRM 
Columbia Radio. We'll be back in a moment. Don't go away. Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back. You're listening to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. Welcome back to the Big Yellow School Bus, WKOM, WKRM, FM. We're here with Eric Perriman, Assistant Director of Schools over Operations, and Jonathan Berry, Safe Schools Coordinator. Hey, Eric, before the break, I, I, I thought I was going to move right on to uh, Jonathan, but I had a question for you, and it's like a safety-related question. You can chime in, too, if you'd like, yes. Jonathan. Um, we've got a very major thing happening in our traffic coming up, and mm-hmm. it is the school buses. The return of the yellow bus the to the road. The return of the yes. yellow buses, yes. Jeez. Yeah, and, and let me tell you, I will... Uh, I spent five years at the bus garage as supervisor, and I didn't realize what a major undertaking it was for those folks every day just to move around our, our towns and our, our county. Um, they encounter things driving down the road that you never notice in your car. Um, like what? Like when you, you go down the road and someone pulls up to a stop sign on the side road, most of the time they sit and they wait to let you pass. Uh-huh. When you see a yellow bus coming, people floor it <laughs> to get in front of you. No one wants to be behind the school bus. So they, oh they, they will cut you off in traffic. They will do things to you that, I don't that mean you to laugh. But. Oh, it's, it, it, hey, it is, it's amusing when you drive. Uh, they'll do things to you that you never anticipated they will do. Uh, and you have to remember, you know, sometimes in some cases you have as many as 75 kids on, that on a bus with you. It's a 41-foot piece of equipment um, that sometimes, you know, can be going 55 miles an hour down the road with a bunch of kids. And it's amazing what people will do. But along your lines, as we come back, I would just ask and I would encourage everyone. And I know sometimes they are a, they are a pain. And I know that traffic changes so much as school starts. But really be wary of those buses and be cognizant of what they're doing. I will say... The number one problem we have, the number one problem that is discussed with uh, transportation folks across the state and across the nation is disregarding their stop signs. Yes. The stop sign that's on that bus is a legally binding stop sign. Uh, When done correctly, I will always say that, the yellow lights on the bus, the amber lights, will will come on 200 feet before the stop. Now, obviously in town, sometimes that's not possible if you're doing multiple stops in a row because you may not have 200 feet between stops but they should come on 200 feet before the stop when the bus stops the lights will turn red and the stop arm will come out some of the new buses actually have digital signs on the back of the bus that says bus is stopping bus has stopped please stop Uh, but that is the number one problem that we see people pass that stop arm and not only do they pass it oncoming traffic pass it we have people that will come from behind. They will come across and pass it like they're passing a car in traffic. And we've had cases where people actually took the shoulder and passed the bus on the door side, on the right side, as children were loading. Wow. People, so, please don't be in that big of a yeah, hurry. Yeah, so main thing it's is you, it, it's going to take a little time. It's going to be a little not. slower, uh, especially the first couple of days. They run slow. They run behind because they're getting their timing down. They're doing their, their thing, and kids are figuring us out. We're figuring them out. But that's the biggest thing for traffic. The other thing, just to remind everyone, we're coming back to some weird weird times here at school. 
we have spent countless hours with bus folks from the state, um, both the Board of Education or the State Department of Education and the State Department of Transportation and Safety. And the school bus is a real concern for us as we come back with this virus. There are there's only so much you can do on a bus. Right. I mean, it's a it's a 41 foot tube that everybody's getting in. So we're going to take precautions. Your drivers will have things that they will ask to do differently. We're going to load from the back to the front in the mornings and the afternoons. We're going to load to where the first kids that get off will be the ones in the front. We're going to have seating charts. We're going to, uh, to to space out as much as we can. We're going to try to do everything we can to keep kids safe and move forward. Uh, but in some circumstances, we do we have buses that haul up to 72 to 73 kids at one time. We don't have the ability to go back, you know, pick up a third of the kids, go back and get a third more and go back. That's just not something that's feasible with the resources we have. So there will be times that your children will be on a bus if you choose. And remember, you always choose whether they ride or not, that we will do our absolute best to to social distance and keep them as far apart as we can. We encourage them, uh, especially on the bus, to wear a mask. That was going to be my next question. We can't require them to. Masks are going to be required on our school buses. We cannot require them. That's good for the audience to know that masks are not required on Murray County Public School buses. And the other thing is we, we in some classrooms and in buildings, we've taken precautions. We have plexiglass or we have different kinds of Mm -hmm. surfaces to divide. The Department of Transportation, the Department of Safety will not allow those things on a school bus. One, because it's moving. And two, just because the driver has to have clear vision. Uh, to to everything that's going on so we're doing the best we can we're going to do the best we can the bus is coming past your house if your child wishes to ride it's there if you don't we understand and we say we hope we see you at some point as these things calm down but uh we're going to do the best we can and make sure that we keep kids safe we've talked to uh, Bedford and, and Marshall County and Hickman Counties, they've gone back this week and buses have gone very smooth for them and they are operating under the, the same things we are. So hopefully it'll go smooth. What about if you have, you're new to the county, new mm-hmm. to the school district, um, maybe it's your first child going to school and they're going to ride the bus for the first time. Mm-hmm. You're not really sure about things. Is there a website or someplace you could call or is there a number you can call? The, the bus garage number is always the best number. Now okay. I will tell you, at this point in the year, they are literally hanging up the phone to answer another call they're okay. they're all on the phone the, all so day if you try to call them you have to understand they're busy they're you may be, not get may through to, right away you may have to call back more than once 388 uh 3432 is the number out there that number's 388-3432 and you call and that's their direct number and you can uh you can talk to them and that number is to our bus garage again it's 388-3432 if you have any dying need for questions to be answered about bus routes, pickup locations, et cetera, that's the Murray County Public Schools Transportation Department. And, Jack, they can always call our central office number as well. Okay. And they can get them through to out there if they need to. And that, Patch that's, them through? Yeah, they can get you through. Okay, very good. I just want to make that aware because I get a lot of call or a lot of emails about transportation, and you have instructed me, and I didn't remember the number, so I figured I'd get that from you. Jonathan, do you have anything to add about the buses, particularly well, in Murray County? I don't, I don't think you're hit on it, you know, that our, our children, our buses are back on the road. Um, that also means their children are back at the bus stops. Correct. Yeah. Um, so when you're yes. out in the morning, you're out in the evening, be sure to tell the listeners, you know, they're watch out for our kids while they're out there at the bus stops. Um, yeah. Some of the bus stops, like Eric said, have a, I don't how many did you say, 75? Well, we have up to 72 at, at our largest stop, and that okay. is one load. The bus I keep referencing with 72 kids, it's it's one load. 
that they load at one spot and it's that many at one time. So Okay, very good. Safety is an overriding priority. Be careful when you see the big yellow school buses out on the road. Thank you for listening to the big yellow school bus. We're going to shift gears a little bit here, and we're going to get over here and talk to Mr. Jonathan Barry. Jonathan is the Safe Schools Coordinator for Murray County Public Schools. Jonathan, tell us a little bit about what a Safe Schools Coordinator does for the school district. Well, my first job, or first and foremost, I'm the liaison between the school system and the local law enforcement, uh, more specifically the Murray County Sheriff's Department. Okay. Um, we have SROs in every one of our campuses uh, throughout the county, and I help out with their needs, and uh, they directly communicate to me on anything that's happening in the schools, and I the same with them. Cool. So you are work directly with the Sheriff's Department, and like you said, we have an SRO in every school. We do have an SRO in every school. And uh, that hasn't changed from last year. That's the same as what it was last year. We have two SROs at Columbia Central and Spring Hill High School. Because they're larger populations? They are larger population, yes, sir. All right. Um, tell me a little bit about some of the safety terms that pe- parents may hear while they're dealing with the schools or at the schools. Well, throughout the school year, we'll use terms uh, such as lockdown, uh, shelter in place, and evacuation. Uh, lockdown is, is simply if there's a situation going on within the school, uh, such as an active shooter or any other major emergency, we'll use the term lockdown. Uh, that's we, a more serious event, That's right? very serious. It's something, okay. something bad has happened. So if you get a lockdown at a school, we will get that information out to parents as soon as possible through all the channels that we have available at Murray County yes, Public sir, Schools. Yes, we'll sir. We'll keep the school locked down until law enforcement uh, clears, clears, the, the school. clears the school, the area. So that's really something you don't want to hear about. You don't hear about that. And we have in the past used the term soft lockdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're trying to get away. From, we are getting away from that. Um, because I, I feel that shelter in place is a better terminology for when we have. I like the sound of that. When we have minor stuff that happens outside the school, um, that could be, you know, I would say minor, um, could be construction or something that's happened. They've hit a gas line or something. Well, it is major, but it's not going to require a complete lockdown school. We can right. still have school, but we're going to shelter in place with the kids outside or police activity in the area shelter in place and your last one that you mentioned was idea i I know of is evacuation we evacuation occur if we're having another like a fire fire drill drill. yeah be the fire drill yes sir has there been any changes to the process for this school year for fire drills fire drill has uh we are we will still be required to leave the building during a fire drill however we will try to social distance the best we can uh when we're leaving the building we still have to get out um, the other drills that we are required from the state, such as intruder drill, tornado drills, instead of actually acting those drills out and getting those kids in close proximity to each other, the teachers and the staff and administrators are going to show those children where to go in the event of one of those emergencies. Okay. Um, let me back up one question about lockdown and even shelter in place. Does that mean a class would be locked so nobody could come in and out? If we lock the school down, nobody's going in or out of the building until... And does that pertain to classrooms, too? That is classrooms. So, if in that situation, each classroom would be locked down, in addition to the school? The whole school's like Nobody's going in the school during so the lockdown. So, they're not allowed to move around in the school? No, a complete lockdown. So you're in your in your in area with... Okay, that's what I wanted to under- yes, get clarification on. Um, Jonathan, what are we doing on safety for this upcoming school year that 
is a top priority or something that is going to help protect people against the coronavirus and COVID-19? Well, it's funny you say that. We've we've been in, matter of fact, today, uh, we just took shipment of 250,000 disposable masks for our students. Nice. Uh, there were four pallet loads that came in. Um, we have uh, masks that are smaller in size for our smaller elementary kids, and we have the, the larger adult size masks. Um, from the state, we've also received 325 contactless thermometers, which Mr. Perryman talked about. They'll be checking thermometer, checking temperatures before they enter our buildings. Um, we have cloth masks for every staff member throughout our county. Uh, we took in yesterday 5,000 gowns for nurses. That's the surgical gowns. So if they have a child who is suspected of having COVID-19, they can you know, get... They can put on PPE, yeah, they protective can get, they equipment. Yeah, they can get decked out and, and, and take care of the situation. Yeah. Uh, another thing that the governor just um, sent out for us to have is going to be teacher kits. And um, uh, pardon me, I'm going to read what this kit has in it. Go for it. Uh, the kits will consist of uh, 20 disposable masks or two cloth masks, a 100-count box of gloves, and up to 20 ounces of hand sanitizer, and a 100-count of disinfectant wipes for each teacher. And each school will be responsible for registering their school, and the school will take that shipment directly. All the other items, PPE, that are coming in, We'll come straight to Central Maintenance, and we'll distribute those out. And, you know, speaking of that, I'd like to give Murray Ring and his guys over at Central Maintenance a shout-out for uh, helping us get this stuff out because it's, it's become a logistical, uh, I won't say nightmare, but we have all kinds of stuff over there, and we're trying to get it out as quickly as possible, and they're helping us out tremendously. You mentioned Murray Ring. He is the maintenance supervisor? He is the maintenance supervisor. I'm sorry, yes, and his, his staff does a wonderful job helping us get this stuff out. He's one of the another one of those behind the scenes heroes that helps keep this place well oiled and running. Yes, he is. He's directly under the operations um, department, and uh, his, his if what for him and his staff, uh, uh, we'd be having some troubles. I hear that, Eric. You've got um, other things related to protecting COVID nineteen besides just the kits. What are they? And do you know? Can you tell me any of the things in particular that might they might be? The kits are awesome, by the way, Jonathan. You know, 20 disposable masks per classroom, cloth masks, uh, gloves, the whole nine yards. Um, those kits are going to be very helpful for the teachers that are worried. Yeah, they are. They will be. And the teachers actually, when those supplies run out, the designated person at each school building can reorder those supplies nice. and get more. Yeah, and that's one thing we've gone kind of above and beyond that. We've provided and we are sending out, as, as Jonathan may mention, uh, cleaning supplies to to all of the the staff within the county, um, and that consists of, of hospital grade disinfectant. That's also where we can get them wipes. Now that's hard; to, they're hard to come by right now. Hand sanitizers going out, paper towels. We have enough masks that beyond the twenty, we can provide everyone masks for pretty much as long as we need to over nice. the short term. Anyway, that's good. and we'll be receiving another two hundred fifty thousand shipment of masks in about a month. And let me add to the, the mask, Eric, that you mentioned that. I just looked at my notes here. We also have the face shields for our mm-hmm. nurses, and we also the fa- we distributed the face shields to our special ed department uh, for children that need the, the speech department that need to see. And, and that's one thing we've really had to, as we go through, we have to think about children of all needs, staff of all needs. If we have uh, children who need speech services, they obviously can't do that with a mask on. They can't see the teacher right. with a mask on. We have uh, autistic children and, and children with different sis, uh, sensory needs that need a mask, I mean, a, a shield rather than mm-hmm. a mask. So we've tried to provide those for everybody, and we're trying to make sure that everyone's got what they need 
bus garage has had to have equipment to clean the buses with um, and we have to we've had to think about how do you clean 150 buses how do you do it efficiently but how do you clean how do you make do sure the bus it's drivers done correctly? have to clean their own buses or do you have a company that helps with no that? bus drivers are cleaning their own we're, we're putting provisions in for they can come to the garage and there will be a staff there that will help them with that but you know about half of our buses are parked off-site they're parked at people's homes right so we never really make contact with them unless they come in and and bring the bus in so we're putting things in place where they can come to the lot someone will sanitize their bus again we have to do that quickly we have to do it Mm -hmm. efficiently uh, but we have to get it done and that's one thing that we've made sure that we're working through the state we've taken guidance from them but in all situations through athletics i know you've talked to mr pointer we've really had to think about what do we do with athletes that are coming back in the space that they inhabit Mm -hmm. what does it look like the outside space that they inhabit so we've had lots of different obstacles but we're sending materials out as best we can get them. We've we've worked with a couple of local companies, uh, Kalioka Company, for cleaning supplies, and we're working with Froggy Fog. Hopefully, we're supposed to meet with them in the next couple of days over some fogging machines that could come in and help us when we know, let's say we run into an active case. We know there's something that's happened, and that person's been in our building. Certain room or something? Certain room. <laughs> we can come in, and we can, we can use the machines and the materials that we get from them to to really hit that room and make sure we hit all the the surfaces in the room and get them get them ready for someone to return so we are preparing the best we can for people to come back and still be in a safe environment we are and and and, you know the challenge is making sure that we have enough materials Mm -hmm. Uh, we have 1800 employees so when you start trying to ready each building and each employee with things it gets into a, a lot of stuff as jonathan said we have warehouses full of stuff right now and the second thing is the, the availability wipes are at a premium right now uh if you get wipes you're lucky and i got a call from a company this morning we have wipes you pretty much jump on them when you can right you're talking about the wipes Clark's disinfectant wipes, yeah wipes that you pull out of the yeah disinfectant container. wipes that you can wipe yeah, a surface down those at the store no I've seen plenty of hand sanitizer yeah it, the and it's, did advise us about the wipes is, you know, they're in you know, high demand and that some of the kits may be behind and yeah so we're coming okay. We're working through those things. And then, and then Jack, you know, again, not the most fun radio topic, but it's one that, that's pertinent to everyone in the county that would be listening to this is a lot of this is unpredicted cost. Yes. That, you know, we're, we're buying cleaning supplies and we're buying things that we have to have, that we know we have to have, that, that's recommended, that the doctors are saying you need this. And right now we're really scouring budgets to make sure that we can do this and then keep track of what we've done, what we have done. And at some point it may impact our – our, our year and we have to go to our funding bodies and say right. look this is what we've had to do but we're trying to make sure that we're doing the business end of that and making sure we're you know we're a good steward of the resources and of the money that the citizens give us and uh, the commission gives us and the, and the board but then also making sure we have what we need uh and let me tell you right now these salesmen are coming out of the woodwork i get everybody, them in my email yeah even buy this everybody's stuff, you know? got something <laughs> yeah, that that, that we need right, right now and so but we've tried to be we've tried to be really good stewards of what we do but make sure we're doing the best by our kids and our staff every day yeah i think that uh, and i'm with the or you know the central office daily and i get to be part of the meetings and stuff preparing for school and we are doing everything humanly possible to make everything ready for school on monday not just the the safety parts of it but everything the teachers are ready the smiles are ready we're looking forward to seeing these kids again 
coming yeah. back into our And I school. get to drive a school bus Monday morning. Yes, and Eric will be on the road. So yeah, if you see that particular yellow bus with Eric in it, you make sure you wave. And I don't know which one yet, but let me. I'm going to take a second and I'm going to plug. If you're All out right. there and you need a part-time job that has benefits, Absolutely. has great hours, four hours a day, 200-day contract, you work 180, you get a 200-day payment, though. Uh, you get full benefits just as, you know. It, it, it is a, it's a great job to have. You only work in the morning. and You, you work, work two in hours in the morning, two hours in the afternoon. And you get benefits. Yeah, you get benefits, and you get good benefits. You get, yeah. you get good benefits. So, How do they get this type of job, Eric? Well, the best thing to do is to go to the, to the Murray K-12 website. Is okay. it, and you, you mentioned that earlier. HR department. Go to yeah. HR department and get that. You can call downtown to the central office. You can call anyone with schools. And they will get you where you need to be if you want to drive a school bus. And here's the great thing about it, Jack. Other than having to go take your written test out at the driver's license center, we do your training. We do your skills test. Um, The staff out there, uh, Garth Pinkston's out there. He's over transportation. Lynn Spears, uh, Shelby Spears are the trainers, the testers. They teach you. If you've never driven a, a vehicle that big, no big deal. 90% of the folks that come out there never have. We'll train you. We'll teach you. We get you your license, and then you're good to go. That is awesome. I just brought up the website so I can see and let you know. You go to murrayk12.org. On the top menu, all the way to the right, it says HR and Careers, and it's the second item called Employment Opportunities. You can go in there and search and find an application for bus driver part-time. And, and- and I will tell you, you know, I mentioned I spent five years out there, spent 17 years in a school building, went out there, wasn't really sure what I was getting into. You know, you're, you know you're going to miss the kids when you get out there. You really don't because you end up interacting with kids just in a different way. But that staff, it's about 200 people that make up that transportation garage, and uh, they're awesome, man. It, it's, it, they I've enjoyed the, talking to them when I've called yeah, them. Yeah, they there. are the... Uh, they are the probably the most fun group of people within the school system. They just have a different take on the world and and they do a job where not to be ugly, but you got to be a little bit crazy to do it, right? Yeah, well that's that's why we look at the guys that are retired and yeah. the ladies that are retired because they've kind of a little bit older they can deal with the they've craziness. They've seen everything, that happens. yeah. If you're retired or not, doesn't matter, and you're looking for a good part-time job, competitive wages for bus driving with benefits consider being a murray county public schools bus driver anytime and if they need to contact me by email or anybody directly we'll get them where they need to be it sounds like maybe talking us into driving a bus if you guys want to we'll get you ready there you go go get our license barry jonathan wants to drive a bus all right well that's it for this segment this um section of the show we're going to take a break we'll be back after the commercials you're here with the murray county public schools big yellow school bus we're back in a moment Don't go away. Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back. You're listening to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. Welcome back to the Big Yellow School Bus, Murray County Public Schools talk radio show. We're here with Eric Perriman, Assistant Director of Schools over Operations, and Jonathan Berry, Safe Schools Coordinator. 
Hey, Jonathan, tell me a little bit about the safe schools portion of your job. And I believe you had um, something called a safe schools grant. Yes, sir. I'm glad you asked me about that. In addition to um, being the liaison between the school system and Sheriff's Department, I'm responsible for the safe schools grant for the county. Uh, That's a grant that we apply for every year, and uh, we receive funds from the state um, to purchase things um, that are needed for safety. And one of the big things we do with that, Jack, is we um, help train the SROs. Um, Your listeners may not know that an officer has to have, and especially SROs, um, detailed training when it comes to uh, being an SRO, and we pay for them to attend the Tensro Conference, which is held usually the past few years has been at Pigeon Forge. Um, It's usually held somewhere within the state. And and in that training, they get their 40 hours of what's called post-credit. It's required by the state of Tennessee for them to continue. It's continue education for the Sheriff's Department. this they're in service and generally an sro assigned to a school is the full-time sro yes they are um you know you could have an sro that's out for a day and the the goal of the sheriff's department is to have an sro in the building every day Mm -hmm. and that sro it may not it should be the same sro every day but if that sro gets sick just like anybody else they have a rover that should come in and fill that fill that position for them well these grants are very important to all the school districts in the state Tell us some of the things that you may have to do with the grant money. Well, in addition to training the SROs, we also uh, purchase safety items for the school. And again, for uh, give me for uh, reading off a list here, but some of the things we did with the 19 to 20 funds is we upgraded our camera system. Um, years ago in Murray County, we had camera systems here that were kind of antiquated and out of date. Uh, they are up to date. We use it Vigilon now. And Glenn Hannon, the tech department, throw a shout out to him. He helps us tremendously with I those like cameras. I like to call him Hollywood, by the uh, way. Oh, yeah, Hollywood. There you give go. him a shout out on uh, the air. Call him Hollywood. Our camera system within the past few years has been upgraded. It's a, it's outstanding. We, we have good camera systems. Uh, the most recent thing we did, uh, we haven't got it uh, going yet, but we have purchased security fencing for Riverside and Spring Hill Elementary. Uh, some parents will notice that most all schools, all the playground areas are fenced in. A few other things that we did this past year. Are these two schools not currently fenced in? And that's why you ordered it? Well, they're putting up new fence in additional fence to those Ah, two schools. Okay, Okay. very good. Yep. Uh, Another thing we did, we noticed a weakness in training with the Sheriff's Department, um, radios. Now, the Sheriff's Department has a dedicated channel on their radio that they speak to dispatch with. And a lot of schools have school walkie-talkies. You'll see your admin walking around with those. Uh, What I did this year is I purchased each SRO a dedicated school radio. So they can keep their issued uh, radio from the sheriff's department on the main channel in the event of emergency. They're not switching back and forth. They can get direct communication with their dispatch. Another thing we did for the SROs is we bought them dedicated monitors so they can view the new camera systems. I say the upgraded camera systems, nothing new. 32-inch monitor that can go in the room that will be dedicated solely to having the cameras up. And they can see all the different camera views for the school? For that particular school, yes. Nice. In that school. and we've also, uh, one of the last things we've done, we've upgraded the security access points within the school. As we mentioned in the break, Jack, uh, we talked about the different terminologies with, with school safety. We use shelter-in-place lockdown. Essentially, we try to get away from the soft lockdown, but our schools are on a soft lockdown 24-7 because to gain access to our buildings, you have to be buzzed in. Yeah, you got to, in order to get in that building now, you can't just walk in the door. you got to go to the front door. No, sir. And you have to yes. hit the buzzer, and they're going to be able to see you, and you got to tell them who you are and present ID. Yeah, and another, and another the cool building. thing about that system is is that video shows you out front. You can show your ID in that camera, bring mm-hmm. your ID in with you, but the SRO can also view that person coming to the building. Nice. The secretaries have that on their screen. They can also see that person, and they can hit the buzzer to let the individual in from from their from their desktop. That sounds like some really great security. 
for that. We're excited to have that stuff here in the county. We're, we're grateful that we have the grant funds to do that. And we'll, uh, as I said before, we'll be attending Tins Row uh, this summer. We didn't get to go this year due to the COVID. Mm-hmm. So we had some extra funds around that we got to spend in other areas to, to buy some extra stuff for, for the. Very cool. And um, I think the last thing I seen on the list was some training materials that you were able to get. or you- Training materials, the SROs, they were in need of um, some push carts uh, for, for some training that they do. They do training within their own within their own unit okay. and they needed some some materials for that we were able to help them out um, in that aspect cool so here's a big one let's talk about and eric i want you to get into this conversation oh i think i know what's coming let's talk about inclement weather it's oh. a great topic oh that is something when i started with the school district i found out i started getting text messages at about 4 a.m mm-hmm. Whenever there was a threat of inclement weather, whether it be rain, snow, or whatever, um, that I'm part of the team that has to make the communications to let parents know if we have to make the call to close schools. Right. Let's talk a little bit more deeply about that and what it takes to make that big decision. Because some people are like, wow, I can't believe you closed schools. I had an inch of snow on my front yard. Yeah. But when we went down the roads, tell us what you've seen. Yeah, we, we run into... Um we usually leave somewhere between 2.30 and 3 on those mornings, depending on kind of what the weather pattern is. And specifically, we look at two things. One is snow, most often flooding. Flooding in the spring here uh, really comes into play. We have two kinds of floods. We have the kind of the flash flood where it's just up everywhere, and we have a real quick rain, and we got a problem. But the main thing we deal with here is the river. The river goes all the way through the county. We have to look at how it impacts everybody's travel. Uh, snow is a, a hit or miss. We haven't had a whole lot lately. It's easy in the big years because people finally get tired of it. But uh, but in the years when you haven't had it for a couple of years, they want it. What happened that day when I had an inch of snow yeah. in the front yard, Eric? And you, we still had we to still go to went school. to school. So so what we do is we go out and we see can we safely navigate the roads. Now right. I know it was pretty. I know it was a lot of it snow. Was, it really it was really beautiful. But. Um, we we were able to navigate we didn't have any problems i went out that morning yeah it was a good day and and what we look at when we're out are really three things three things that come to mind one what are our school buses going to be able to do are they going to be able to pass through and run their routes two our high school drivers our teen drivers who are a little bit inexperienced still have a little bit of of a rebel in them they want it they see something that makes you slide they want to slide on it and play on it a little bit (laughs) And then, you know, our staff and, and, and our folks who are, who are bringing their kids to school, um, just in general, we have to think about how can they travel? Is this going to be a condition that, um, that impedes them and that puts them into danger? The other thing with the inclement weather, and this is one that we didn't mention, and it, it happens, it hasn't happened in a while, it's just when it's so cold that we can't properly operate our buildings and we've had days where it was just you know when it gets down into the single digits that we stay home because the buildings can't efficiently keep up with the number of doors opening and that kind of thing so main thing is snow yeah we took a beating over the one this last year but we look at that and the process kind of works like this jonathan and i are usually the ones that are out we're the ones that are driving now we have we have points across the county that we're looking at we look at at the whole county but gravel hill road for example it's a little country road out going from Spring Hill up to Theta. You don't but it's think a bus about, route. It's six buses pass through there really? over the course of the day. Okay. And you don't think about that, but it's a pass-through for us to make it through the county. We have roads in Cullioca. We have roads in Hampshire that are specific. Now, we look at everything, but we have specific touch points that we go to, and we 
you know, six years into this, I kind of know when it snows where the where the bad parts are going to be. Right. We rely on not just us a lot of times, especially during the day if it's a multiple event where we're on day two or three drivers, employees across the county help us do this. But in the initial, we go out in the mornings. We report back. You know that group that you mentioned. Right. We report to you. We'll cover a little bit about who that group yeah, entails, too. The, the director, the um, the assistant director of instruction, you were in on that for communication. Uh, we often talk to, and Jonathan talks to outside agencies. And we just make that that uh, that call. And there have been days where folks will say, well, we should have gone to school today. But when we checked our, our points and when we did our measurables, it wasn't safe. It wasn't safe. Right. And then there was the day this last year where everybody said we should have stayed home. But it was safe. But it was safe. You know, it was pretty, and they wanted a snow day, but it, it was safe, you know. And I think if they had known that we were going to take the last two and a half months of school off. They said, let's go to school. They might have said, yeah. let's go to school. I don't know. I think what happened that day, and I experienced it, and I'm older now. Oh, my gosh, I can go out and make a snowman. There's enough snow on my front yard to actually play in the snow. And people have seen that. Yeah. yeah it, hadn't happened it doesn't that happen way. a lot here. Yeah. So you're actually going, please, 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 close, close. And even then it wasn't a lot of snow. Though. No, it wasn't. And it melted and it, before you know, the day was over. And that was a day where it snuck up on us. You know, sometimes the weatherman's saying snowmageddon's coming, Hurricane Gussie's coming at you, mm-hmm. you're about to be nailed with bad weather. And then there's days that they say nothing and you wake up to what we woke up to exactly. that morning. So. so there's a lot of processes that go into any decision to close schools in Murray County. Um and one being, we actually go out there to the roads, we and we drive those roads to make sure they're actually passable. We rely also on some of the other people we rely on. Um, Jonathan, what you're involved in this in a way that you're working with the Sheriff's Department directly. Yes, sir. Well, I'm in direct contact with the Sheriff's Department. I'll, what do I do if we're out at night? I'll speak to the overnight sergeant. I get his number. I have all their numbers. And, you know, they have guys scattered throughout the county in all their different zones. And um, they're constantly report back to us. Let us know what they're doing. That particular night, you know, I, I spoke with one of the sergeants on the, on the night shift. And he's like, Dude, "We haven't found not anything, a single run. Yeah, not a single road." And those guys, they're out there. They know all the nooks and crannies. They're right. they're, they're everywhere. And you well, know, we know that's going to happen. And we all like I like a snow day just as much as this guy, and they do too. But right. They're like as much as you know. Cause, but it happens in the reverse too. When we close schools, because we find those those half a dozen more or more roads in the county that are just not passable, and people are going, I don't know what you guys are doing. My road's clear. And I, yes, because the north side of the county sometimes gets it worse than the south right. side, or vice versa, and it kind of puts us in a you know a situation where we're, yeah. we're having to close the schools because of one section of the county. And we didn't run into it this year, but what I have seen and what we usually take the the hardest call to make is when you have that snow that lingers and you're on day two three four maybe five and town's okay you know they've gotten the streets in town clear the main roads are clear but when you get on the, the secondary roads when you get into the the outline region of the county we still just can't do it we can't move safely where we need to and it becomes at that point sometimes the folks in town the folks who live on on major roads that got treatments get a little frustrated with us uh, we have tried in the last few years to really send pictures mm-hmm. to say this is what this road looks like. This is what this road looks like. I've got a, a phone full of pictures right? Uh, to show that, you know, the highway's fine. The road by the school may be fine. right? 
but when you really get out into the outer regions uh, regions of the county, we just can't we can't safely navigate. Safety is the overriding priority here. Every we time. don't want to get anybody on the road in a bus or on their way to school and have something happen. We want to make sure the roads are safe. So when we cancel schools, it's not a light decision. It's a serious decision to not go to school that day. Jack, we can come to school Monday, mm-hmm. and we can we can learn more in one day than we've ever learned in Murray County schools, and say. You know, it was a great day in the school, but if we if we get someone harmed on the way home because we didn't take the right precautions or make the right decisions, then it becomes a horrible day. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and every day that we get home safely and we return our kids to their parents and to their homes, it's a good day. Yeah, and that's, that's our number one goal every day. Absolutely. Well, guys, what else would you like to add on that? Um, you know, you, you touched base on flooding is a big reason mm-hmm. why we might have to close schools. We talked about the team of people. We also work with the emergency management. We do. Um, even the county mayor or city mm-hmm. mayors are involved in these decisions to let them know what's going on. It's, it's not a single-person decision necessarily. It's a team of people looking out for the best interests of everyone in the Murray County Public Schools. It, it, yes, we, do. we deal with the Murray County EMA. Um, I'm well especially in situations like that. They keep us up to date. Uh, Jeff Hardy and Pat Woodsman. Woodamancy. Woodamancy, I'm sorry. That's a hard yeah. name. Yeah. It, it is a hard name. Yeah. Sorry, she's Pat. She's in contact with Yeah, sorry, Pat, about that. But uh, she's constantly giving us weather updates, and we, we base our decisions all, off of that, and she keeps us contact, con, you know, up I've, to date. I've met Mr. Hardy, and he's very serious with that job, and, and he does a great job yeah. at it. Mark Gandy over at the 911 office helps us out a lot, too, because they're receiving the calls from everyone mm-hmm. if there's an incident or anything like that. So, and the bottom line is, we don't want to put you on the road to go to a school when it's not safe. Correct. And we're going to do everything I, we can to open schools safely, to get you to back and forth to schools safely, and make that our number one priority and then academics and making sure everybody has a good time and learns what they And then we learn. give it to you. We make the hard decision, the unpopular decision, or the popular, and then we turn it over to you, Jack, as the, yeah, communications, the communications guy. guy. You get to handle everybody's calls from there. So. I do, and, and, I, and I'm happy to get the calls um, because I think communications is important at the very, district level where we're getting the information out and sharing and answering the calls and fielding the calls from people. Um, it is very, very important. I will add, Jack, and I know we're pushed for time here, that we always make those decisions, and Eric, correct me if I'm wrong, before 5 a.m., right? Yes. Or at 5 a.m., they will be either go or no go. Yeah, and we try to get that message out in a timely manner, right? If it's school, you know, between 5 and 6, we got to get that message out soon. Hopefully not before 5, because I have had complaints when I sent yep. it out at 4.30 a.m. before. Yeah. But we, we try to make the call at 5, get a, get you noticed by 6, so that if you yeah. have to make um, arrangements, arrangements for you can. Oh, yes. that stuff. Well, that's all the time we have left on the Big Yellow School Bus today. I want to thank Eric and Jonathan for the time that they put into letting, help educating the people in Murray County Public Schools and the community of what we're doing to keep everyone safe. We look forward to seeing everybody on Monday for the first day of school. This is Jack Cobb, Murray County Public Schools, Big Yellow School Bus. Thank you for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. Hop on the Big Yellow School Bus every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. and Sundays at 7 p.m. to hear more about what's going on at Murray County Public Schools. Right here on WKOM 101.7 FM and WKRM 103.7 FM and 1340 AM.